You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Let's walk, Michael. Come on, Sylva. What is that you're saying? Well, I know how much you enjoyed working on your French last summer when we were in Saguenay. Oh, that's right. You, uh, you, uh, you kidded me for a while until I started speaking French. And then you were like, <laughs> hey, shit, you can speak it. Sort of. Yeah, well, I got a nice accent. A lot of people like my accent. <laughs> I took French immersion for like twelve years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just don't get a chance to speak it very often. And, um, and with a name like Pru, you know, you obviously spoke it when you were a child, probably running around the house in what was it? Did you grow up in Manitoba? Was that? Was I that actually, it? I grew up in Saskatchewan, Michael. And no, we didn't speak French at home. I'm, I'm in French immersion. I'm a French immersion uh, product as well. Uh, but I've been fortunate enough to somehow manage to collect a bunch of French people in my life. So when I get a few drinks in me, I think I speak French uh, brilliantly and have a lot of practice. I have a, I have a friend who speaks um, uh, Danish when mm-hmm. uh, when she gets um, a little too much in her. So what we're talking and about... And I can't understand at all, so I have no idea what she said. So what we're talking about here is um, this fantastic event that we attended last summer that... If only there was a way we could recreate this in Toronto, it would be unbelievable. First of all, let's start here. We road tripped it. We did. We road tripped it to Saguenay, Quebec, which means we went through Montreal. And thank you to the Maine for being there, which is a great deli. Yep. We had smoked meat sandwiches going there and coming back. I just wanted to throw that out. Because, Andre, I don't know anybody else. My wife, I don't know any other person who would have actually gone twice to the same place going through Montreal. Uh, I get it. Sometimes you just got to get your fix. Like, for me, it's the Italian Sardelli when I visit back home in Regina. I've eaten those sandwiches three times in a week just to, to get my fix in. And, um, you know, it was a fun drive. It, we, it was a really fun drive. Meat, we got bagels on the way home. Yep. It was amazing. But anyway, that's... that's but let's... Cool. I mean, we need to talk, talk about the event itself. So it's the Festival de Vain, oh. uh, yes. right in downtown Saginaw. And what they do is they literally shut the main street downtown, set up wine vendors with kiosks, uh, you buy tokens, and people are walking around in the uh, middle of the summer... Drinking with, booze. With Drinking glasses wine. of wine... There are parents with strollers. There are children hanging out with their parents. Uh, the restaurants are all doing like special things and are, are completely open for business. And you know Even what? Even the opening event was cool. When we got there, there was this park or this little venue that they don't. There was a st- basically street uh, thing happening, and they had this massive tent, and you would just belly up to the bar and 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 get wine. And uh, it was sponsored by, I think it was the Rhone Valley at that point, was it not? Yeah, and then and the SAQ was was yeah. involved in it. Like I got my SAQ ISO glasses, but Michael, you know what? There was no pandemonium with with easy access to delicious wines in the middle of the summer in downtown no, but, Saguenay. And and there was nothing reported in the news the next day about some guy beating his wife. I don't think I saw a single uh, policeman officer while I was there not sober anyway uh so we had a chance to uh i mean it was our experiment with facebook live so 
Um, we are planning on going back to the uh, Festival de Vin this year. We're just finalizing some details. We may be doing some two guys talking live there. Uh, at yep. the very least, we'll be doing some interviews with uh, Facebook Live, which we had a lot of fun with last year. And it's yeah, July. the first time we, we'd ever done that. And um, this year, it's July 12th through the 14th. Yep. And, um, I mean, it's a beautiful, quaint little town. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like a hamlet. Like it's got a it's got a really nice kind of urban vibe to it. But I mean, it's um, it's quaint and it's 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 amazing. And the people there are so welcoming. Um, and we we even took a ride on a Zodiac. We did take a ride on a Zodiac. And I got a picture of you. I, I We may use that one. OK, we'll use that one. That sounds good. Well, that one might be you with a Zodiac. Unfortunately, there was no glass of wine in your hand, but I thought it was. But before, before we get too rambling on, we had a chance to cover a lot of ground while we were there. And um, if you're not incentivized to go there based on Michael and I's description and the, uh, the value of the road trip, we had a chance to sit down with uh, one of the organizers, uh, Sophie Blackburn. Yes, she was fantastic. Um, I love Sophie. I really do. That's not a hit at my wife in any way, shape, or form. I love Sophie. She just was, was so welcoming. She's got the biggest smile, and she was more than happy to sit down with two idiots like us and talk about anything. First of all, welcome to Saguenay. Oh, thank you. We welcome were gonna... to Festival des Vins Saguenay. Oh, and we're drinking we beer. We're That's drinking pretty beer. Funny. Why not? <laughs> well, I mean, there's an expression that exists in literally every wine region. Yeah. It takes a lot of beer to make good wine. And I guess it takes a lot of beer to make a good wine festival, too. Yes, absolutely. At, at 4 o'clock, it's beer time. Wow, that's nice. <laughs> well, I guess we're, we're a half hour away from walking up and down the streets of yes. Shikutimi. Yes. And tasting some wines with... On the street. 40, on the street. What, 45,000 other people? The wine's not on the street. The people are on the street. Yeah. The yes. wines are along the street. Okay, people knew what I was what I, I was talking about. I don't know if they do. Jesus, Michael. I really do. Don't. Oh, so, you know, I guess we should introduce who we have with us here. Yes. yes. This is the fine young lady who invited us yes. here. This Hello. is Sophie Blackburn. That's me. Hi, everybody. Hi, Michael. <laughs> Hi, Andre. Welcome. You welcomed us to the festival. Now we're welcoming you to Two Guys Talking Wine. Thank you. I'm, I'm pretty happy to be here. So, first of all, let's talk uh, about this beer. Yes. Because we're having beer, obviously. Yes. And it's uh, a microbrewery you were telling me yeah. earlier today, so why don't you tell everybody? Microbrewery just oh, the, called Beamer. Uh, it's, it's in Rubber Ball, uh, Lake St. John. Um, they opened, as I said, two months ago. Uh, it's called Beamer. I like it. it I like the, the history part of it. Okay. Beamer was a hotel built, I would say, around 1920s-ish, built by the Americans who would come to Lake St. John for their, vac their vacation and come fishing. And it was like a super luxur luxurious hotel. And they would come driving up in their Beamers? Oh, no, no. Oh, no. Okay. oh well, I don't know. No, Beamers, I think it was the name, the last name of oh, the guy. Oh, okay, so because <laughs> BMWs we are also called Beamers. Oh. Yeah, so if you're driving a BMW up Michael, you interrupted the middle of a story. I know. But I it know. could be, actually, you could have. You know, maybe it might be a part of the story that I, I don't know. You never know. I'm just making stuff up as I go along. <laughs> but you know, uh, so it's a good, I think it's it's a good wide beer. And then Valjalbar, it's another uh, town close to uh, Rubber Ball that used to uh, work on, um, they had like a, a big paper mill. Lots of, you know, the entire town used to live because of the paper mill. 
and then when they closed down, it became like a ghost town. It became like a ghost town. And then now they turned it into like a touristic uh, place uh, called the historic village of Bajazar, where they have a super nice waterfall that used to feed, you know, in terms of energy for the paper mill. And let's get this, a little story about our now, wonderful area. And like now the whole town lives for beer. Yes. I guess. Yes. So I guess speaking of history, let's talk yes. a bit about the Festival de Vin. How long has this been going on? 11th year. Wow. Uh, yes, okay. it's our 11th year this year. And and is it the biggest year yet? or So far, I mean, the opening party last night was a record. I think, well, I'm pretty sure we had like 1,500 people. We haven't counted yet, but I mean, we ran out of wine, so it's a good idea. It's a good point, you know. Yes, it was crazy. <laughs> we, we we literally drove into town. Yes. <coughs> from Toronto and went mm -hmm. right to the opening ceremony, mm -hmm. and it was crazy. Like and the number of people that were in the uh, the little square was just yeah, completely plus crazy. Yeah, and, and you ran out of wine. That should have caused. Did that not cause like? pandemonium in the streets? No, everything was fine. I mean, it's the opening party. People know that it's from five to seven and it's just the opening, just to keep, to tease you people, tease people to say, hey, festival starts tomorrow. Bring, you know, get ready. And so. we were and we were teased. We had a yes. couple glasses of wine and then yep. we went back to the hotel. And a little bit of cassoulet, right? Yes. Cassoulet. I've met well, the half, half of a cassoulet, they ran out of the beans. Well, you know, we, I, we, I, maybe, maybe we were victims of our success. Yes. Right? I, met, I yeah. actually met the man who made your cassoulet. Yes. He is a master cassoulet maker. Yes. And he is the only one in Canada. And oh, if really? You're, yeah, I didn't know that's that. what I heard that. I heard wow. that well, I mean, it's interesting because cassoulet, I mean, in Ontario, you don't see it very often. We've got a few French restaurants in, in the city. But if you haven't had cassoulet, like they you should this, try cassoulet. They bust, Monsieur bust, Bachon, they bust this around all over the province. Bus is cassoulet, can you imagine? <laughs> Get it paying to have a bus bring you cassoulet. Why not? I can't imagine that because cassoulet is awesome. <laughs> All right. So tell us more about the festival. How long it's going for? Uh, I'm like that waiter who comes up to you only oh, yeah. when you're drinking or eating. So that's what I do. So I only ask questions while you're drinking. <laughs> so tell us more about the festival. So 11 years. I feel like you guys can tell me maybe you've been traveling and going to wine festival all over the place, but I feel like this one and you will experience it starting tonight. Through right? those doors, yes. Through on the on the Rue Racine, it's it's one of the only, if it's not the only, fest wine fest happening directly on a street. You know, it's in the middle of the city. We, you know, and that's one of the reasons why it's so fun and there's so much energy into this festival is that we include, we, we ask, uh, you know, restaurants, uh, sh stores, everybody to participate and get involved into our festival. So they become, so, you know, on our, on our flyers, we all have the, the particip participating restaurants listed with their phone numbers and their their um, their website and we ask people you know don't forget to make your reservation in our participating restaurants so you know it's it's a give and take to the entire street and the energy is super good and you will see it's not you know everybody gets a little big piece of cake well we, we got a chance to walk up, down a little bit of the, yeah. the, the rue, rue, rue racine today uh -huh. which is uh for people who aren't familiar with with Saguenay is 
it's almost like the main, it main, is the main, the main street. street. It is. Okay. And it's literally been transformed to have little kiosks and yes. there's food trucks and restaurants. Like they've literally turned the main street of this town into a festival dedicated to wine. Exactly. We have around 50 kiosks of wines and uh, spirits, right? Mm -hmm. Wines and, and spirits. We do not put too much food into the street because we want people to go to the restaurant. You know, okay, it's okay. part yeah. of the deal and it's part of the experience. And the waterfall, the water fountain yes. is now uh, running with wine, is that correct? No. <laughs> oh, I was hoping for that. The water fountain were, you know, at that place where we had that opening ceremony, the opening party yesterday. Um, so it's a little bit further down on, on the main street, on the Rassin, close to the city, city hall. And, um, but we use it only for the opening ceremony. But it's always nice to walk and go during the day. And I see you're a very busy woman. You have your to-do list on your hand. Yes. So that's, <laughs> that's the sign of somebody who's busy and has, has run out of paper. Or has, um, how do you say, deficit of attention? Oh, okay. <laughs> I've got to write that down. It's, it's an easy way to, uh, to, uh, to erase it, though. You just lick your palm and away you go. And, you start again, so it's the original yeah. etch a sketch. So exactly, and so. I'm and this one is pretty hard to. Oh, you got to <laughs> use a, a pen that comes off. So. All right. Well, I guess uh, we're about to be displaced by the minister of tourism for I the know. government of Quebec. I know. She's coming over here. Yeah. So we're gonna have to cut this one short. Yes. Well, and, that's uh, actually been the same length as all the uh, other oh, ones. This one feels like it's just shorter. Right? I know. The time this flies when you're having a good time. We also took the opportunity to sit down and speak with uh, many of the winemakers. I mean, that's the other cool thing about this this festival is, like, if you're a layperson and you don't really give a crap about the wines and you just want to go enjoy some really good wines, buy some tickets and you can walk up and down the street and grab a glass and just taste a lot of really cool things. What uh, I was surprised at, Andre. There's a lot of winemakers there. It was like it's such a small town. You would think, like I remember uh, when when uh, we were approached. I went Saguenay, so I went looking it up on a map, and I saw where it was. Yep. And even while we were driving there, I was like, "Wow, this is almost in the middle of nowhere," but it's a beautiful nowhere. Yep. And I was like, "Who are they going to get up here?" And then we we got that list. And I was blown away by who was on it, how many winemakers were showing up and, and winery principals. Yep. We had a chance to sit down and speak with a few of them. Uh, one of the ones that stood out for me, uh, because I know how much you love uh, uh, Les Vins du Rhône, uh, we had a chance to speak with uh, Anthony Jaume from uh, Domaine Jaume. Holy crap. What are the varietals in this? Oh, you really <laughs> ruined a good idea. Okay, so what? Okay, so I said something with the microphone off. And then we decided to try to stage it, but I'm just not a good actor. You are not a good actor. Speaking of good actors, we have uh, Anthony Jaume with us uh, right now, uh, who is from Domaine Jaume. Yes, that's true. And, and so before we get into where you're from in, in France and all of that, Andre has the first question, which is, <laughs> holy crap, what the hell is in this wine? So why don't we start there? What so, is in this wine? That is and we should hold up the bottle. This is. This is the first wine that we are tasting. It's a Domaine Jaume Altitude uh, 420, which is available in the LCBO, we found out. Yeah. Okay, so holy crap, what's in this? So 60 Grenache and 40 Syrah. Cool. So um, Altitude 420 is the 
we 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 are in, in Vincent, you know, north uh, of south of Rhone Valley, okay. the northern part of the Rhone Valley, and uh, we own 100 hectares in this appellation. So in two different places, we have one places which is at the southwest of the appellation, and the other one at the northeast. And uh, the specificity of, of Vincent is that um, it's a hill; it goes up to 500 meters high. Oh wow! So that's why the name is. Altitude 420 because 420 is the medium high. Okay, level. so that's good because the next question I was going to ask because does 420 mean the same thing in France as it does in no, North America? Okay, I, I know about it. Okay, because there's some connotations of 420 with, with marijuana, it. but no, no, no. Well, wait a second, that, that's a great little. You should put a little, just a little picture of a marijuana leaf right yeah. in here, and you'd get that, uh, you'd get that crowd buying your wine. There is no marijuana in this wine. No marijuana was harmed in the making of this wine, although it may have been smoked, although no one's saying anything about it. <laughs> okay, so. But it's really interesting. So my impressions when I took my first smell of the wine is it has a nice, heavy aroma. It's really dark. Uh, That's black uh, currant, like dark black, dark like a bit of a smoke. Fruit, yeah. And then you put the wine in your mouth, and it's light. C'est léger. It's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it has the fruit from the nose, but it's got the nice spice, the pepper note to it, and it finishes with great acidity. So we are here once again at uh, Van de Saguenay in um, uh, the festival uh, in Saguenay. Uh, we are with Anthony. Anthony, tell us, obviously you're from France. We already talked about the great varieties in this particular wine. So we're in France is Domaine Jaune. So Domaine Jaune in France is located in uh, one valley okay. and we wait we used to, to we use Grenache Syrah Mourvedre a little bit since so Carignan in the appellation okay but not most um, the particularity of the, the appellation is the, um, the freshness in the, the fresher and the cool climate we have because it's the northern part and we are on a hill we are just next the Alp mountain and the wind coming from the Alp mountain and goes on the appellations which which do um, a fresher and cooler climate so it's easy it's easy drinking wine you know because in one valley if you go more in the south it's more um, hard small so punch in the warm, face yeah warm yeah, yeah. and the average the, the advantage we have it's in vessel it's that it's easy drinking it is interesting though to call this easy drinking and it, it does feel light on the palate, but the alcohol is still 14% on yeah, it. So you're still getting the, the, the ripeness from the fruit. I can drink this all day. We have a good assist. I can drink this all day. All you can day. Do it. <laughs> and I can see putting a chill on this even too. Like in the hot outside, we're sweat 26 degrees today or something. I can see putting a little, a little ice, not getting it too cold, but just bringing uh, with a chill because yeah. that freshness of, of the, uh, the stony quality here. Uh, there's lots of dark fruit, but it's lighter dark fruit, if that makes sense to everybody. So, your family so, na family name is on the bottle? So, yes. And how long has because your family been involved with uh, with making wine? Five generations. Okay. We started in 1905 with, with three hectares. Okay. Now we have 100 now in two different places. And we start in a, in a place which is the, the, the Koto, so the southwest of the appellation. Altitude from 420 is the, um, the the estate we bought in 2003, which was at the northeast of the appellation, on the the, the top of the the top high of the the, the hill. Okay. And that's why the other cuvee is named 
reference because we start with three flowers on the, the Koto and it's the terroir of reference of the, the, the domain. So I work with my family, I work with my uncle, my aunt, my mother, my father, still my brother are there and, um, and me. We have different tasks. You know, my aunt and my uncle used to used to work in the vineyards, my father in the in the cellar, mm-hmm. you know, vinification and labeling, etc. And I help him for the during September for the harvest and me I used to to sell the wine and do the promotion and work work too in the in the cellar. So what's your what is, what is your favorite part of doing production? It sounds like you had a chance to do a little bit of everything. My favorite part of the, the in the production yeah. is the vinification in September. Okay. It's the the, the most um, busy busy moment and the most important for the for the wine to, to make the wine and what's your favorite part of being in the being in wine is it is the, the vinification or being in the entire wine and business is there I something you really love about yeah, being inside of drinking sharing drinking <laughs> drinking yeah. I love drinking too yes. but <laughs> as everyone should Every, yeah <laughs> so this is lovely so now so we got we a second, have a second wine bottle. Andre's finished his. I'm going to pour mine. Um, and this... Well, it's, it's just the thing. Like when you have that that freshness and the the acidity, but it starts with that fruit. Your mind just wants to get that fruit back, so it's really easy to just keep drinking that, keep drinking that bottle. So this one looks a little darker. Yeah, because there's more syrah. More syrah. Yeah, it's 50 syrah. The first one was 60 grenache, 40, 40 syrah, and that one is 50 syrah, 40 grenache, and 10 mauvais. So Mouvedre also gives it the color too, does it not? Yeah, a bit, yeah. A bit like yeah. the structure and So this is a, this is also a younger one. This is 2014. It's 14, yeah. So I'm gonna just hold that up there. This is the reference. Reference, because we started in this terroir in 1905 with three hectares. So Oh, you wanna make sure that we can see the bottle on the oh. on the video there. Well you can see the keys, yeah. There is a bottle there, but you can see the top. So I've already I've already tasted it. It's it's really different from the Altitude 420. It's not it's not the same wine. It's just really different. Altitude 420. Well, well, it's more easy drinking, everyday drinking. Mm-hmm. That one is more for table drinking with a big meat. But the, the fruit is still the fruit's a little bit more red fruit and yeah. not as much dark fruit as it's the four twenty. It's more South Rhone Valley style, Chateau Neuf du Pape, Gigondas, Vacaras, etc. But with the fresher, the, with the fresher, the fresher city, the fresher of Yes. So the the price on both these wines. So the Altitude four twenty is about how much? Altitude four twenty is about in LCBO, It's about seventeen. Seventeen dollars, and the reference is not in the SBO. It's not in the SBO, but there it's twenty-four. Twenty-four here. So, yeah. oh. that's a pretty good. That's a yeah, good that's price. pretty good one. Well, Michael, I talked about the first one. What are your thoughts on the uh, on the second one? Well, I really like this wine. I love that that deep dark fruit. Uh, so that that one with the elevation barrels to twelve months. Okay, it's a different style. Okay, and we do an extraction of. 45 days. So vinification, vinification of attitude for 20 is 20, 25 days. So mm-hmm. cold fermentation. But we don't want to, to have a lot of structure, you know, so we just don't go 
over 20, 25 days. Reference we want to because after we are going to to wound to wound it with the wound the tannin with the with the bowels. So we do 45 days of fermentation for for reference. I, I really like this wine. I got I got a little bit of licorice in here. Yep. Uh, I've got uh, black cherry. Uh, I've got some nice little spicy peppery notes. Yeah, there's a lot of spice right mm -hmm. on, on the mid on that, and it's really well integrated with the what fruit. I, what I really love about it, this is the, the big hit of fruit, whereas the first one was light. This one's not heavy, Yes. but it's heavier. Yes. Yeah. And it, you really get it in the mouth, you really feel it, and the finish is long, and it's got great structure to it, and it's a little more layered. Well, that tannin kind of creeps up because I've had a few sips of it. The first sip goes down really easy, yeah. but then the tannin yeah. starts to build up. So this is definitely built to, to maybe age for a little bit or, or definitely something to decant before really, really letting it open up. So this we'll come, we'll come and taste it a little bit later. Looks <laughs> great. Wow. I can just drink this. Thank you, Anthony. We appreciate your time. Thank you. And uh, thank you for making great wine. Yeah, cheers. Thank you. Cheers. cheers. Oh, I'm done. Sorry. I gotta, I'm going to have to re-pour, I think. Uh, <laughs> now, of course, Andre, being that this was Quebec, French wine was very well represented. Yes. And uh, I am a huge fan of the wine of Cahors. What people may not know about Cahors is it's a Malbec and olden wait, day wait, Cahors. Wait, 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 Do you want to try to say that the French way? Like we were speaking to French people, we were in Quebec. Cahors. 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 Okay, close enough. So what what I love about Cahors is that um, they, I think they've gone a little more modern, but they also have this great past. Uh, with their their wines, and and they were the ones who really brought Malbec to the fore, and then Argentina has just run away with it. But we got to speak with Lise Gayroad. No, Lise Gayroad. Lise. Lise, you wrote Lisa on the list just to make me look foolish. Well, that was a typo. Uh, but oh. I had a chance to taste these wines at a dinner before we sat down to do the interview with her, and I completely fell in love with these wines. Um, the, um, I know we were sitting at different tables, and you called me over, and you said, you've got to meet Lee's. Yes. Sa? Lee's. And, uh, and, and you, you convinced me that we had to sit down with her, and we did. Today, or now, I would say today, but I guess now. Now, yeah. Yeah, because we've been doing this all day. We have uh, Lee's Gero. Yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Gero. So, uh, Michael, your accent's getting a little bit better with every interview we do. And more wine we have. Uh, <laughs> Chateau Lamartine from Cahors, one of my favorite regions. Outside the Rhone Valley, I have to tell you, uh, Rhone Valley, one of my favorite regions, but Cahors holds a special place in my heart, and I'll tell you all why maybe a little bit, a little bit later. Why not? But that's the same for me. That's my favorite region to... Well, Rhone Valley or Cahors? Cahors. Okay. Of course. Of course, of course it has Cahors. to be. So tell us a little bit about uh, Chateau de Martin. Uh, so the Chateau de Martin is coming from my great-grandfather. Uh, so it was born in 1883. And the vineyard was replanted in 1920s after the Philoxera crisis in France. And we are now taking it over with my brother. So we are the first generation on the vineyard. And the goal is to guarantee the same quality uh, of the wine to make 
maybe new wines in the next 10 years we will see but all right yeah for now it's uh, to maintain the high level of oh. the wines and you were thrilled with this wine last we only had four interviews that we were going to do today yes so uh, and last night i had a chance to taste the wine that we're about to taste correct and it was just fantastic yeah mm -hmm. you were all over this so you came running across the room like a little girl <laughs> screaming you've got to try this wine yep and uh, i said andre go back to your table and then i came over to your table and then you let me try the wine I think it's even better today. <laughs> so. Um, so the wine we are trying now, uh, it's Chateau Lamartine. It's our first French wine. It's the traditional one. And it's a blend of 90% Malbec and 10% Merlot. We really like to blend Merlot with Malbec because it brings some roundness and fruitness in it. Um, and it's coming from all the younger vines of the... All the younger vines? Yeah. But they are quite old, to be honest. 10 to 40 years old. Oh, wow. Oh, so that's, yeah, but they still call them young wines. Yes. Yeah. So the question I had for you, because um, when I taste Cahors, and this is the reason I, that it holds a place in my heart, I, I remember tasting Cahors wines, say, 10, 12 years ago. And they were those very, you know, meaty, robust, yeah. you know, wines that have you know, just grippy tannins, yeah. harsh fruit. Uh, and they were wines, which what I loved about them is that they were inexpensive. Yeah. You and they had those, you know, all those characteristics of a wine that could age. So you would be able to take the wine, put it in your cellar for you know twelve, fifteen dollars, leave it there for ten years, and then you would open it up and go, man, I wish I had bought more of that. This wine is more polished, more ready to drink now. Yeah. Is that the style of this wine or is it the style of Cahors now because of what Argentina has done or there's a lot of questions involved yeah. in this? Um, it's really difficult to say it's a car wine. You have plenty of style of wine in car now. There is a new generation who is coming in car. I think the average age um, for the winemakers is now 35 to 40 years old, so oh. that's very young. And we are all trying to make kind of new cow wines, so you can taste a very big palette um, of the cow's wine. But in Namartine, for us, uh, the real goal for now 30 years is to make very drinkable wine on the young age. So with a good acidity, with a good freshness in it. And um, yeah, for the Lamartin, it's five to seven years old of aging. What the heck is that? All right. We have whistlers, we have yellers in the background, but yeah, so yeah, exactly. There's a lot of freshness to this wine, there's a lot of fruit, and it's only uh, 2013. So yeah. it's it's young. Mm. Uh, if, if, if this was old style Cahors, I, I wouldn't even think about drinking it. I wouldn't even touch it. I would just leave it alone. But, um, so. Well, let's move on to wine number two. These was nice enough to bring us three wines, which is the most we've had all day. Yes. So. And we also have lost our spittoon, so we still have to be careful here. Yep. So oh. she, is, she is quickly becoming our favorite winemaker. Mm. Are you and the winemaker or are you the... Um, my brother is the real winemaker. And you are? <laughs> and I am in charge of all the other things, oh, like communication, things. Oh, okay. com uh, business. But I am taking part in the blending. Oh, uh, well, I like to taste the wines. Yeah, uh, well, who doesn't? 
That's the hard part of the job, right? Yeah. So you looked at this wine and you went, oh, so is there something special about it? Was it the wrong yeah. wine? No, it's a good wine, but um, there is no 2011 now on the market. Really? Okay. It was a very nice year, so you are really lucky to taste that today. Oh, well, then uh, we'll yeah. secret this into a bag and take it uh, back up to the... And read the, read the label so that people listening know what it is we're tasting. Oh, no, I'm going to let you do that this time. All right. But people are starting to love and, and really become attached to your French accent, especially since we're still tasting in Saguenay. So this <laughs> is the Cuvée Particulaire, yeah. uh, Chateau de la Martine, Cahors. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's all. That really all. Um, for this one, it's a blend of all the older vines in the vineyard, so 40 to 60 years old now, mm. I told. And uh, it's coming from all the different spars that we have. So, second terrace, third terrace, and first terrace. Well, I'm not going to cut. I you, need to you, see this. You, what you always do is you always bring the bottle up front and then you cover <laughs> Lise's face. So, I don't think you want to do that. Well, it's because you're not sitting in the middle. I try to cover your face. Well, that's not how you're My arm's just it. not long enough. Well, that's not how it's been working. So. It's blue. The fruit's blue on this. It's mm. got like blueberry. Oh, blue is in the color. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> well, you made me thought I meant like blue, these, like the these sadness. blue. <laughs> So. It's black. So this but is there's the, some blue fruit on the on the mid yeah. palette too. Like yeah, the color is definitely. Listen, we got the white tablecloth here. It's, yes, mm. it's very very dark wine. So yeah, this one's much darker. Here's the interesting part. I just looked it up. The first time, first wine we had, which was the Chateau Lamartine, just Cahors, 2013, uh, 12 percent, I think, 12 12 and a half percent. Yeah, 12 and a half. This one's 14. Mm -hmm. Do you know why? Because 2011 was really sunny uh, in Cahors, and that's why the alcohol uh, level is a bit higher than 2013, which was a bit more rainy. Is that the same? Um, This is still, this is very approachable. I know we're now looking at a wine that's been in the bottle for six years, Mm. but at this point it's... It's still got some nice tannic structure, but it's still very approachable. And there's a lot of fruit on the So when this, one was, when this one was younger, though, it had some muscles to it. Yeah, it? Yes. exactly. You could tell that. Um, it's very good to taste it today because you can see a kind of old wine we have. Yes. And 2011 is for sure uh, a wine you can put in the cellar for 10, 15 years okay. without any matters. And how much, yeah. does, how much did this wine cost? Uh, I think in Ontario it's uh, twenty four ninety nine or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a great price for a wine to build a, a cellar and uh, with that varietal. Like, that's really yeah. great. So do you, do you have all of your wines in Ontario also? Uh, we have a bit of the Cuvée Particulière. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just uh, sent 2,000 cases, I think. And we have also the, um, another wine we don't show today. It's Prestige du Malbec which is the big, biggest one in Ontario for us. Okay, Prestige de Malbec. Yeah, it's okay. 100% Malbec. Um, okay. well, it's okay. easier than the Lamartine tradition. Well, that's not the one we're going to do. That's the one. That's the one. Now we're in 2012. Chateau Lamartine Expression 2012. And this is a 100% Malbec? 100% The other ones always had something blended in. The first one had Merlot, and the second one had... Tanette. And as I, as I say to you, correct, yes, because I, I was reading the technical sheets, so I wanted to make sure she knew. <laughs> I thought you tasted that one blind, Michael. I did, and I picked it out as Tanat, and I just wanted to make sure, so I checked it out as the technical sheet to, right. to make sure that it was right. Now, this one's much, much, much darker. Check the alcohol on this one. 
<laughs> Why don't you taste it and then guess? I think it's less than the 2011. Yeah, let's see if Michael can guess this. 13.5. Yeah, I, I, should, know, I was going to say 13.5. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to guess 13.5. So for this I think one, it might be 13.4. We are really mm. looking for on the concentration of the fruits in it. This one's um, more 13.8. Yeah. All right. So concentration for definitely that. Yes. Yeah. And after we are putting put it in the barrels for twenty months, twenty four months. Sorry. And it's only new oak barrels, French one. Only there's new. that tan in there, like right. See this. Is it, hit, it hit the the inside of uh, my mouth, right in front of the teeth. And it feels like I got cotton balls in there. Yeah. But this is exactly what I would think from a coarse wine. In the mouth, you can see it's more round. Uh, yes. The last one. Mm -hmm. the, the fruit. The fruit's mm -hmm. are really nice. Like, I will come and taste this a little bit later once it's been opened for yeah. a little while to see the t the tannin when it softens. How much does this bottle cost? Uh, I think it's uh, nearly fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. I, I want to say between forty to fifty. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's something you could easily put in your cellar for twenty years. I would say. Yes. Yeah. Tannin structure on that is is massive. That's exactly what I would think. Cahors uh, mm. wine would would be, but in spite of that but massive tannin, unlike some Bordeaux where the tannin just clobbers everything, there's so much fruit in this. It's still like it's it's pushing through. Oh, it enters. It, it enters it, fruity. It, this thing enters and really it, and blue it, and black it, and fruit. It, it rolls off the back of the tongue fruity. The tannin just hits really hard after that. Mm. Peppery, spicy, like it's yeah. all there. There's layers and layers, and then it does kick in that tannins with cotton balls in the mouth. Or like sucking on a piece of flannel. This is taking all. I'm just. I'm trying to get some more saliva in my mouth because it wants to take every ounce of it out. Yeah, I'm just in the back palate. You know, it's not too heavy. No, no, okay. it's not. That's the no. weird part. It's not a heavy wine, mm. but it is a, a very drying wine. Yeah. So, what part of the wine industry do you like the best? I really like to meet my customers. Um, I think it's for me the kind of. Um, Congratulations! You can have uh, when people is enjoying your wines. It's uh, the best uh, award you can have. To see the smiles on faces yeah. and to just and just when pe and when people say to you, "Wow, your wine is amazing!" Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really like when I am in the vines too uh, with my family, my parents, and my brother. It's a kind of family time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there there are plenty of part of the job I like. Well. This wine, these wines are amazing. Thank you very much for sharing them with us. Yeah, very welcome. Thank you for stopping by. Michael, uh, as much as you deserve an A for effort for speaking French, and if you're if you're an Anglo listening to this, if, if English is your first language, you don't speak any French, and you're maybe a little bit nervous about getting that deep into Quebec, the people there were really, really welcoming and friendly and appreciated the, the effort being made to speak the language. Um, and... I guess it shouldn't be any surprise, though, that in, in spite of the effort that you made to speak the language, that we managed to sit down with one of the only other Anglophones that was at the festival. Yeah, we sat down with Peter of Quail's Gate, and we learned some really interesting stuff about Quail's Gate. And, um, and their American that, partner wineries. Their what? He brought so many wines for us to taste. Oh, that's right. Oh, thank God he was the last tasting of that day. He was the last tasting, period. Oh, that's then right. we went and wandered the streets. Like a bunch of hobos. And then we went and had this great Japanese meal. 
Yes, we did. I don't remember that. You don't. Re- How can you not remember that? <laughs> and we drank. I think we drank beer just to. Michael, just it to was cl- a street festival about wine. Cleanse our palate. We had beer at a Japanese restaurant, and if I'm not mistaken, we went with the let the chef decide. <laughs> so, anyways, here's Peter. We are back for our last. Um, what is this? An interview, right? Yeah. Yep. It's our last interview of, <laughs> of the uh, festival, Saguenay Wine Festival. And we were here with our very first interview that is a pure Anglophone. Yes. Peter. Absolutely. From Quailsgate and Valley of the Moon and Lake Sonoma. And exactly. I'm sure you're going to tell us how that all fits in. I am absolutely happy to tell you how that all fits in. And I'm so glad that I don't have to, you know, fake any French. Not that I've been faking any <laughs> French or anything. You've been faking it pretty hard, Michael. I've been faking all weekend. So, awesome. I guess before we get into it, though, we could start with the first wine that we have in front of us. It is Chasselas. You got it. Chasselas. Oh, I'm throwing wine. Chasselas, Pinot Blanc, and Pinot Gris. That's an interesting little combination. It's actually one of our best sellers. It's not one of our best sellers. It is our best seller. So it's a blend. It's not quite 33% of each. 37% Chasselas, 32 Pinot Blanc, and then the remainder being Pinot Gris. Um, very easy drinking, um, absolutely no oak at all. So very crisp, very clean. We grow the uh, Chasla right on our estate in uh, West Kelowna, British Columbia. And we've been making Chasla since day one. Uh, the winery first opened its doors back in 1989. That's Quail's so, Gate. Mentioned. That's Quail's yes. Gate. I haven't mentioned that. But. Yeah, sorry, should have mentioned that. That's Quail's Gate. So we've been in business for uh, 28 years in the Okanagan Valley. And uh, this wine happens to be one of our very best sellers. So you started out with Quail's Gate. I, no, actually I did not start out with Quail's Gate. No. I started out with Mission Hill Family Estate. Oh, well, there you go. All right. I spent uh, 23 years with Mission Hill Family Estate. Okay. So and that's... then, uh, as you know, Mission Hill is pretty much right next to Quail's Gate. It's just up the hill. So I found I was saving a lot of gas by not having to drive up that hill. So I changed, changed jobs and began working at Quail's Gate. But I've been with Quail's Gate for uh, just about five years now. And, and your job with Quail's Gate is? My position is director of sales, so I look after sales for Canada, uh, Europe, and Asia. Not just for Quail's Gate, as we're going to get into shortly. Uh, we also uh, purchased a winery in California, Sonoma County, California. Um, it's actually five years ago this year. So uh, that's Valley of the Moon, and uh, we produce Valley of the Moon wines, which we sell in Canada. We sell them in Asia. We sell them in Europe. Obviously, sell them in the United States as well. And then we've produced a second brand called Lake Sonoma, and we sell that in exactly the same countries. So that's, that's a lot of territory that you cover. It is, but obviously uh, I'm not the guy actually out doing most of the selling. I okay. have distributors in all those places. So here in Canada, I deal uh, with the liquor boards in most, most provinces, okay. or deal with them in conjunction with my distributor. But uh, we do business with Quail's Gate in every single province here in Canada, including uh, the Yukon and the Northwest Territories. So it's uh, the, the brand has been steadily growing over the years. How, how, how many days of the year would you say you're on the road? I'm on the road 50% of the time. Oh, there you go. Yeah. This is lovely wine. I Very good. love this. this Especially, is... like, like we've said earlier today, it's 26 degrees outside right now in this moment. Or more. And this is one of those wines that is easy to toss back on a patio. It's got nice acidity, so it's easy to pair with food. 
maybe lighter things off the barbecue, pork or chicken. Not sure it would hold up to a steak, but I don't think it's no. made to hold up no, to I a steak. But I mean, you may want to have a glass or two before the steak. Yes. And then you can switch over to uh, one of our red wines. So yes. the alcohol level is 13. like 13%, so yeah. that's really nice. So I'm, I'm sure that most people have had a Pinot Blanc in their time. They've had obviously Pinot Gris being a very popular grape. Mm -hmm. What does Chasselas bring to that bottle? Well, Chasselas is quite a unique blend, really. First of all, Chasselas is a varietal that's not planted a lot in Canada. It's a Swiss varietal. Um, but we planted it back in, well, the Stewart family planted it back in the 60s in Cologne on the, on the estate prior to us being an actual winery. Um, so the Stuarts have actually been farming the land since the early 60s, but at that time they were producing fruit, Chasselas being one of them, and they were selling that fruit to Cologne wines mainly at that time. And then near the end, uh, prior to uh, opening the winery in 1989, uh, they were selling some fruit to Mission Hill as well. So then uh, after obviously almost 30 years of actually growing grapes, being in the viticulture business, decided to uh, start uh, Quail's Gate in, in 89, and, and uh, you know, we haven't looked back since then. Mm. I really like that. So it's yeah. very, very re refreshing. You know, as, as you're well aware, the Okanagan is very hot in the summer months. This is a perfect patio sipper, as you just mentioned. Um, it's also a great wine for events where you're having a lot of people, and you're trying to make everyone happy with one yes. white and one red. You know, if we had a big oaky Chardonnay, it'd probably make half the room happy, and the other half would absolutely dislike it. Whereas a Chasselas can kind of walk the fence a little bit. That's a good crop pleaser. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And how much is that? Um, here that sells, in Quebec or across Canada? Would here in Quebec, it sells for $20, 2005 So a very good buy. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Are you going to take a sip of that? Or you I, I've us? already actually had two. Oh, I didn't even you notice. Paying attention. Oh, that's, I was <laughs> too busy okay. enjoying It's pretty it. typical of, of my home. I was too busy enjoying attention. that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's yeah. move on to our next wine here. You bet. So now we're talking, uh, we're moving all the way down the coast. Yes. Into California. And so we actually had a chance to talk to you about this wine off the microphone at breakfast yesterday. Exactly, exactly. So this is, this is uh, the Valley of Moon Pinot Noir. It's a 2014 vintage. Um, it is available here in Quebec through, <coughs> through, the, uh, through the SAQ. Since you've been doing so well, I will let you show them. There you go. He's... <laughs> okay. All right. Perfect shot. Perfect shot. Anyway, as I mentioned, this is available through the uh, SAQ. Um, it... The Pinot Noir does extremely well for us. We're, we're very, very happy with this wine. Um, this wine in Quebec alone is selling at about 1,800 cases a year just wow. in Quebec. So it's, uh, it's basically considered an essential here in, in Quebec. Uh, it does extremely well. With the growth rate that we're on, we anticipate it'll be well over 2,000 cases uh, for 2018. How much do you make of the wine? If you know that one. Yeah, what do we make of that one? We make about 6,000, 6,500 cases of it. So oh. about a third of the production is actually going into Quebec. It's, we, uh, our, our business partner here or our agent here in Quebec is Baldazar, and they've done a very good job in promoting uh, the Pinot for us. It's our biggest seller of the Valley of the Moon line okay. here, in, here in Quebec. Sells at a reasonable price. Uh, we sell it just under $25, twenty-four sixty-five. Okay. So uh, not bad for uh, a nice, well-rounded Pinot Noir that's not too jammy. It's got some nice lean structure to it. It's, it's still got the California character, though, but great acidity on the finish. Too. Yeah, absolutely. As I said, uh, I think I told you yesterday, I just recently reviewed a 2012. This is the 14. This is 14, yes. So I just recently I did uh, the 2012, right? and I drank it four years from vintage date. It, 
it, it had developed into that you know sweet spot of yeah. where you want it to be. Yeah, and I'm sure this one will improve with a little additional yeah, just, bottle just aging. Just a little well. bottle aging doesn't yeah. need a lot, but I think just a touch, yeah. a couple of years, yeah. would just allow this thing to be you know really allow it to pop even yeah. more, allow that acidity, allow the little bit of oaky character to to drop out, yeah. and then just uh, it just really people drink their wines too young. They just yeah. do. Yeah. So. Who has well, the patience, though? I do. Well, sometimes the banker kind of controls the release date. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> no, and I, 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 that's something I definitely understand. I, I agree. I agree with 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 Michael, but I think it is still better to drink a wine too young than too old. It's just I think you got to teach people how how to right. keep a decanter in the house. Yes. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, decanting it will will open it up a bit. And you have to have to remember, um, you know, this is a, this is a, a new business venture for us. You know, we've been in the wine business for 29 years, 28 years, but for us to go down into California, buy a California winery in its entirety, and uh, the rules are different, the uh, all the trade restrictions are different, em employee uh, uh, programs are different, even. So for us to bring those wines up into Canada has. Uh, has been a bit of a challenge. It, it's not like it was in well, the past this, where we this, were selling only Quail's Gate. This, now, must, this must be really interesting for you guys though because the uh, California wine lobby isn't particularly thrilled with the BC government, with the, with the BC grocery stores. only stores. Yes, yeah. so we, we're, uh, we're sitting in the middle on that one. <laughs> so you told us some interesting, uh, over breakfast the other day, you told us an interesting story of how Valley of the Moon got its, its name. Yeah, Valley of the Moon, as, 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 a, as a phrase, if you will, has been around for, forever because it actually, uh, it, it means Sonoma in, uh, in the Indian language um, down in, in California. Let me dump this glass out so we can try, yeah, we'll try the other one. Yeah, we've got the third one here. So we've got the Cuvée La Luna, but continue on the story of that. Yeah, so, it, it, so the valley really is Valley of the Moon. So if you've ever been down in Sonoma or anywhere we're near Sonoma, you'll notice a lot of the businesses are actually called Valley of the Moon. Valley of the Moon Laundromat, Valley of the Moon Corner Store, Valley of the Moon Gas Station. Oh, okay. And uh, the Valley of the Moon Winery uh, started as Valley of the Moon in 1941. So it's been around for a, for a long time. The actual winery itself, though, started back in 1863. At that time, it was called Madrone, Madrone Estate. Um, we actually um, were considering changing the name back to Madrone Estate, but there is another winery of a similar name in California. So we're sticking with uh, Valley of the Moon at Madrone Estate. So Valley of the Moon is the brand, and the estate is Madrone Estate. So it has a huge historical significance. You know, being pre-prohibition, um, not many wineries around that uh, were pre-prohibition. What true. what is in this? This is really really tasty. The uh, Cuvée La Luna. First of all, I, I should tell you that it's only available here in uh, in Quebec. It's a blend of mostly Zinfandel, um, but we have some Syrah in there, some Barbera, some Merlot, some Petit Syrah, and two percent Sangiovese. So you've got a real smorgasbord of uh, of vinifera fruit. But the interesting thing is that it is only for Quebec. We do not sell this anywhere in the United States. We don't sell it to any other provinces at all in Canada. So it really is a, a, a product that we sell here. Is we sell it for $26.05 currently in Quebec. So well under $30. A very good buy, very balanced wine. Because, very it, has such balanced. A, because it has such a selection of vinifera fruit, we can, we can change those percentages. Those percentages are not locked in. Yeah. So from year to year, we're really trying to get a consistent taste profile is really what it's about. And, and, and it, is, it is interesting because, well, me and Michael, we both love Zinfandel, but because mm. of the other smorgasbord in there, I'm like, 
Okay, it tastes like Zin, but does it? It's got a little bit of it's, smokiness. It's got a little bit of licorice in there. There's yeah, things that are It's got, it's got a little bit more, fina- yeah, a little bit yeah. more finesse than than Zin. And I mean, come on, anyone who listens to us or watches us knows that the last thing you and I are is refined. Mm. So it should be no uh, no surprise to anyone that we love Zinfandel. So okay, so this one, the uh, hold on, yeah, 2013. Cuvée de la Luna. You're, yep. I'm looking at your cheat sheet there. Yep. There. Yeah, no problem. Is only available in Quebec. Is there a similar wine that is available outside? There is. Oh, there okay. is. But um, for the rest of the world, okay. we call it uh, Valley of the Moon Blend 41. Is it always Blend 41 or oh. next year it's Blend 42? Always Blend 41. Okay. And the reason it's Blend 41 is the significance of when it, the winery opened as Valley of the Moon, 1941. Okay. So we've run with that uh, and we sell that in various markets around the world. But here in uh, Quebec, and we've been doing business in Quebec for quite some time, um, we basically put a special deal together for the SAQ, and this is available here. All right. We're going to move on to uh, the last wine. You, yeah. are, you are officially our favorite wine person, because you're not a winemaker, who has no. come into the room because uh, the most we've had was three, you brought four. So you Fantastic. are officially <laughs> our favorite. Anybody you bring? Well, we've been trying to keep these interviews fairly short, but when <laughs> Zinfandel's in the room, I mean, I oh. guess the timing goes out the window. Well, and when somebody brings four bottles of wine to the table, you know that. Uh, See, now, now you smell this, this, and this immediately, <laughs> immediately, this is this is Zinfandel. You can smell that on the nose. Peter brought a party along with him. That's right. Yep. Well, this this Zinfandel actually has uh, oh, has, has a great story to tell because this is just not... hold it up in front of your own face. Yeah, I was going to do it anyway. There we go. Yeah. So Lake Sonoma Zinfandel 2013. It is 100% Zin. It spent about 16 months in oak. Beautiful balance. It, this is not like a typical California Zin. A lot of people are are quite shy of picking up a Zinfandel out of California because a lot of them are a little bit over extracted, a little bit on the sweet side. Yes, um, this, this is not sweet. No. This is not sweet. This is going back to you know the way Zinfandels used to be made 20 years ago, or maybe even back to you know a primitivo style uh, red wine out of Italy. Out of Italy. Um, I know you guys are based out of Ontario, so I should let you know that uh, if you check on the Vintages magazine this month, this wine is That's actually right. on the cover. That's right. So there's a little story about uh, about Quails Gate and about Lake Sonoma and an interview with Tony Stewart, the uh, owner of the company. Um, and it's available in Ontario as oh, well yeah, as Quebec. That's, that's the story of uh, winemakers going abroad. That's right. Yes. Yes. That's, that's right. That release yeah. is. That's that's where. And I and, and hold the phones. I'm about to say something nice about the LCBO. That Stop issue it. was really really good and really interesting. Yes. And really deep. Like it was really well yeah. put together. So it's mm. great to see that you guys were part of that. Yeah. Well, most of the interviews, and you've obviously read the magazine, were on Canadian wineries about Canadian wines. And, and really that's what it was meant to be about. Yeah. Uh, when I approached uh, Greg McDonald here uh, probably six months ago, yeah. he told me about it and asked me if I'd be interested in participating. And I said, absolutely, but I've got a different angle for you. How about a Canadian winery that has actually ventured into the United States and purchased a winery and is selling wine back to the LCBO? And he thought it was a great idea. So that was a great idea. They did a co-story, Quails Gate and Lake Sonoma, and uh, they talked a little bit about the story, how it happened, and why we did it. And it was uh, it was interesting. Yeah, I remember reading it. And, wow, it's and it's the wine is doing phenomenal. It's already been released, and uh, I, I wouldn't doubt if we're actually sold out by next week. It yeah. is really flying off that's, the shelves. That's a really good, uh, really good Zin. It's not your typical fifteen point four percent alcohol. So it's is it? it's packing a punch, but it doesn't show it. No, nope. and uh, that's 
See, I love I love Zinfandel, especially with barbecue, and I can see nice, this nice big ribs. fat steak. Yeah. Ribs is my is my yeah. thing with with the smoke. Yeah. I got I've got the smoker and. You get the smoke on smoke. It's yeah. it's always a good thing to put together. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And well, we're we're quite happy with this. Uh, we're going national with Lake Sonoma as a brand. Um, we do have at least one or two listings in every province. So we're talking right from BC to Newfoundland. Um, it's done extremely well for us. This is really our horse in the race uh, from a Canadian perspective. Mm -hmm. Here in Quebec, the Valley of the Moon is is the lead, um, only because it's been in the market longer. Got it. Great. Well, yeah. thank you very much for coming and pouring all these uh, wines oh, for us. My my pleasure. Yeah, thank thanks. you very much. Thanks, Peter. Cheers. 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 You know, I'm glad that we saved this podcast until the spring because it really has me itching for summer. And it's one of the cool things about writing about wine is, um, and I mean, it is certainly a perk of the job to be invited to, to all sorts of places, but having an opportunity to discover places that may not be at the top of your list for travel. And um, Saguenay is on my list. And I mean, even if we're not going there to work, this is definitely something that I would consider to, to visit just for the atmosphere, uh, for the French culture, the French Canadian culture, to experience all the other cultures, the people there. I know last year, my big takeaway was having a chance to sit down with, um, with uh, Domaine Saint-Jacques, and I had a chance to write a whole piece in Quench about what's happening in Quebec. And I would have had no idea what's going on with the wineries of Quebec if it wasn't for the Festival de Vin in Saguenay. And there's really, really cool shit happening with uh, the wineries of Quebec. So that's something that we got to think about as well. Yeah, there was, there was uh, really interesting things. I know that Quebec uh, is known for uh, apple cider or iced cider. Yes. Uh, uh, Pomme glacée. And, um, Very good. That seems to be what, uh, what everybody wants to talk about when it comes to Quebec. But there is so much more to it. And yes, as you said, it was interesting and fun to meet some of these winemakers, taste their wines, and go, you know what? You guys aren't just about iced cider. It's about you know, all kinds of different varietals that you're trying to experiment with and make good wine from. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go back July 12th to the 14th this year, and oh, we're going to have a great time. We're and, and we hope that to see some of our listeners out there, that they will travel to Saguenay and check out the Festival the de Vin. <laughs> yeah. I know I can never get it right. We'll make sure that we include the link to that uh, when we post this podcast on our social media. Perfect. And uh, speaking of social media, remember you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, tell a friend, leave a comment, or uh, share this through your various outlets, whether you're on Twitter or Facebook or a combination of any of them. Tell your mother, tell your lover, tell your brother, hey, sometimes they're all three. Oh, Jesus, Michael. I'm Andre Peru from andrewinerview.ca. I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com, and good night! Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.